Uh, ready when you are. Hey, everybody, we're back. It's Sex and Other Human Activities with me, Sarah Benincasa, and you. Ding, ding, dong, Marcus Parks. <laughs> ding, ding, dong, Marcus Parks. We are at twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa, twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. I forgot to mention last time that our sponsor is sexcusemoi.com. Mm. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. Uh, S-E-X-C-U-S-E-M-O-I dot com. Um, you can use the name S-A-R-A, the code S-A-R-A at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Isn't that exciting? It they is. sell sexy time things. Sexy time things. Um, so, Marcus, it's been a little while. It's been a couple of weeks. Has it been a couple of weeks? Oh, I'd say, yeah, it's been a little while. Took a little spring break. At least, yeah. I, I, I feel so bad because I kind of took a spring break on all of our shows, all the CCR shows, and we only released two this week, so Whatever. I feel kind of bad. I, well, uh, there was a lot of filming going on this week. Kissel had to work late a lot, mm-hmm. taking care of his dogs. Dog. A lot of the Murder Fist guys who were involved in the last podcast on the left and Roundtable of Gentlemen, they were all filming uh, over the weekend, so I'll say to all of our hardcore CCR fans, I'm sorry, and we shall be back on track next week. Yeah, it was just that this week there was a lot of stuff going on with different like um, different meetings and different, um, like you said, filming stuff. Uh, Mr. Adam Wirtz was in town. Yeah, Adam Wirtz. talented filmmaker. A fantastic filmmaker. De- definitely go online and check out his stuff because he's my favorite uh, videog- videographer. Yeah, he's very talented. Yeah, and he's fantastic. He does a lot of Murder Fist stuff. And if you don't know, because you just listen to us and don't listen to the other shows, Murder Fist is a crazy big comedy troupe here in New York City and they uh, they make some pretty disgusting videos. <laughs> very well made but very disgusting. And I was in I was actually in one of them, and they, they do, a bunch of them do different podcasts here um, including but not limited to the Round Table of Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And so I was um, I was in a sketch that they're doing a sketch video that they're doing that involves um, Henry from the Round Table of Gentlemen. Hong Kong, Henry Zabrowski. He is also on Last Podcast on the left. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Holden, who is on Round Table of Gentlemen. Who's our horrible lizard horseman. Correct. Yeah. They are doing this sketch video, spoiler, spoiler, where they pay kind of play kind of like um, stoner dudes, except they're not stoners. They huff paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're paint huffer guys, and they host a TV show in their living room. And in this particular episode, uh, one of the guests on the TV show was uh, a nightmare clown from Henry's Dreams. <laughs> and... I wanted that part so bad. Well, they, it, you would have been great at it. You would have been, to be fair, you would have been excellent at it. The man who, who did it was named John. Yeah, John Moreno, yeah. From, uh, from which is funny that his last, his, name, his last name is Moreno. Yeah. Like Spanish for like brown hair, Moreno, mm-hmm. which is funny because he is a, such a white person. Yeah, and... Very uh, white, very blonde. Pl- platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Dude. I, I know why. Why? But I'm not going to say it on there. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's from the Aryan race, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> He's an undercover agent. He played the Nightmare Clown, and there's just, I mean, it was just freakish looking and terrifying, and I played a girl who thought the Nightmare Clown was dreamy, and it was hard. It was hard acting. I'd imagine so. But I made it happen, and I was very proud of myself. Um, There was also a party that we went to that we were all at. Most people from, from, I think, uh, Cave Comedy Radio were at this particular party. Oh, yeah. At one point or another, this, this big old party in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, Henry's birthday party Henry's on Saturday. Henry's birthday party on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And... Things got weird. Things got real <laughs> weird. People were... 
intoxicated, mm-hmm. various substances. Oh, yeah. People were falling down. Mm-hmm. People were... Uh, one young lady started taking swings at everybody because oh. she was she was drunk. Oh, that... Oh, that so lady. she started taking swings at, at people? She took swings at people. She was so drunk that eventually she had to be carried down five flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was... Uh, that was the drunkest I've seen anyone since college because most people, uh, by the time you reach the end of college, you learn how to not do that. Right, yeah. Yeah, drink responsibly. And this in this case, um, she did not learn and so was quite... <laughs> and didn't remember any... And apparently was not hung over at all the next day, which is very interesting to me, um, was perfectly fine. And just, I feel like if you can drink that much and not be hung over, your body has some kind of weird problem with processing alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, pro- because by by all reasons, you should feel disgusting the next day. Yeah. But if you can drink a drink, a drink, a drink, a drink, and get that drunk, black out, and then... N- a, not remember it, and B, not be affected at all the following day. Don't, I feel like something happens where you're, there's some enzyme that just isn't isn't at work. Like your yeah. liver just isn't producing something necessary. Yeah. My dad used to always tell me is that whenever you didn't get hangovers, that's when you need to start worrying. Yeah. Like that's whenever there's something wrong. Either you're drinking too much or, yeah, there's something wrong with your body. Because if you drink a lot, you should feel like shit the next day. That's the price you pay. And if you don't... it to me, it says your body has learned to deal with it, and that's not something your body should learn to deal with. No, not at all. But I mean, you know, maybe it was an isolated instance, and she was just having a crazy time, and we all have crazy times sometimes. I certainly... You know what? The other day, I went in to pitch a TV show at uh, the Bravo Network, and the executive there reminded me that the last time we had a meeting, which was two years ago, I spent the whole time talking about butt sex and how I don't like it. <laughs> and, you know, is there that much difference between me and the girl who was taking swings at people? Well, she has an excuse of being drunk. <laughs> I was stone cold sober, just wanted to talk about butt sex at this general meeting with the Bravo Network, apparently. Well, I think there's something that, that I think both of you share something here, because it was obvious that that, that that girl, and I, I kind of know her. Uh, well, it took me about an hour and a half into the party to remember where I knew her from, yeah. and that I did know her, and she was angry at me uh, for not knowing that. Uh, but I meet a lot of people, and you know, there's a lot of things going on here and there. My brain space can't handle everything. Uh, but she was sitting there. Nikita saw her take uh, a shot of gin, a shot of rum, and uh, drink a glass of wine oh. within the span of about. I would say two minutes, something like that. Uh, And I think what that is, and I'm guilty of doing this as well, is that I think uh, it's a form of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's one of the reasons why I smoke so much is because I I get very socially anxious. I need something to do with my hands. Uh, And it's also one of the reasons why I drink, too, because it is a way of dealing with uh, social anxiety and dealing with being out. And I think I've talked about this before, is that I am actually a socially anxious person. A lot of the time. Uh, not all the time. But whenever I get around like a large group of people, um, I'll try I need to escape for a little while. I need to oh, yeah. I need to walk away. I need to uh, just be alone and not talk to anyone. Just because I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just don't want to talk to anyone. And it's not a depression thing and it's not a it's just a me thing. That's just who I am. You know, and I, I think most people are like that. Oh yeah, when I was growing up um, I would sometimes go and just sit in my mom's car during family parties. Mm-hmm. I would just get partied out and be like 
you know what? I I don't have anything more to say to these people. I'm eight years old. I'm bored. <laughs> I'd rather just go sit in the car and read a book. Yeah. And that's w- what I used to do. And Lord love her, she generally let me do that. And, and I, I suppose that that, whether it was social anxiety or whether it was just not knowing being a kid and not knowing the, the the unspoken rules that like, no, you have to stay at the party for a little while and you have to feign interest in other people. And, yeah. you know, I'm not sure which it was, but I think I know a lot of people who and I've been talking to people recently who have talked to me about, you know, using alcohol and drugs and things to get through social situations and to deal with being at parties. And some of them are very gregarious and outgoing. I mean, you, I've never seen you at a party being crazy. I've seen Mm. you, you're pretty chill appearing at parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely appearing. You're Uh, not like somebody who's all over the place doing doing crazy antics, but there are are some people who do that, though, who are actually very socially anxious inside. They're the life of the party, but if you took the booze away from them, they wouldn't be able to do it mm-hmm. oh yeah without a doubt i used to be uh, fairly not that crazy at parties like i was never like the insane guy like you know i wasn't like the guy who would drink uh bottles of, like drink glasses of piss and eat styrofoam coolers there are dudes who do that there was a dude wow yeah <laughs> that was a very good friend of mine uh from college and still a good friend of mine uh but yeah he was like kind of the guy that did the really crazy weird shit but he also had a lot of mental problems you know so uh, that was one of the first things that me and him bonded over and he was one of the first people that i ever talked to openly about what goes on in my brain and what kind of mental problems that i have because he had them too and i'd never met anyone that actually that openly would admit, talked, would admit to it and was openly and was actually getting help for it uh, ex- outside of my family you know out, outside of just like immediate family uh, and not even like cousins or anything like that like I had cousins who didn't even realize until like hell after I moved up here didn't even know that I took medication mm-hmm. and I've been on medication for years and years and years and they had no idea that I was on it and they were like you don't need that They're, yeah why, why are you taking that you don't need that I'm like no you you know that I've been happy and stable for like five years now right relatively stable uh, like that's it's because of the medication. It's because I take the medication. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want me to go back being the miserable asshole that I was whenever I was, you know, in between the ages of 16 and 22, uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I do not want to do that. I do not want to do that. I don't want to go back to being agitated all the time and hating everyone just like, and, yeah, and yeah, hating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, and yeah. just like hating everything and just being angry And some people all the will time. say like, oh, you were just, you were just a teenager. You were just an adolescent. That's why. But there's a difference. And you know it within difference. yourself. Like, you know, um, when, when you're a teenager and you're going through things that are similar to what other teens are going through, that might include like stealing a car to be an asshole or like beating somebody up to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't generally include like, Hearing like chatter inside your head constantly. Yeah, that's what it sounds like in my head. It doesn't usually include that. No, and better to address it earlier rather than like you addressed it at the exact right age because that's when that usually when bipolar usually presents itself. Um, in the late teens into the early 20s. So you, thank God, addressed it at the right age. And, you know, things take tweaking over time. Anything does. I mean, diabetes, like, you're not going to probably be on the same level of insulin your whole life. Like, things are going to get tweaked and changed and stuff. And, you know, 
that's the same thing with uh, with medications for mental illness. Like you're probably going to get have to tweak them sometimes. You're not. It's not like you just take one magic pill and you're better. Like oh, 20 milligrams of Prozac. Wee. Mm-hmm. No. No. Like I'm on 60 milligrams plus some Abilify, and it's it's a fun cocktail. And um, and I'm on three different medications. Oh yeah, you are mm-hmm. on the tre- on le tres, wait, le tres, el tres, le tres, because it's fucking French. No, lithium. Uh, just got put on lithium. Still doing the lamictal a little bit, but I think like we're taking that down. Uh, where I'm just taking two and Zoloft mm-hmm. uh, for like the depression. I think some people could say like, oh, they're crazy. Like he takes lithium, she takes Prozac. Like they're fucking crazy. But it's like, dude. It's not crazy to understand that you need help and to seek that help. That's the opposite of crazy. Yeah. What's crazy is pretending that you're too cool for school. I'm not saying everybody needs it, but like if you're going to look down on somebody else for getting help for problems, I would say there's a pretty good chance that you've got some problems yourself you're not addressing. It's kind of like how a lot of times, and there's been... A lot of talk about this in, in recent days about how a lot of times these people who crusade against, or maybe not a lot of times, but sometimes folks who crusade against gays and are very anti-gay and anti-gay marriage and anti-gay anything at all um, actually you know, turn out to be gay themselves or, yeah. or to in, engage in homosexual behavior recreationally. Um, that kind of like, it, it's really true when some people say, I've heard Shrink say this, and I've, I've heard general sort of philosophers say this, that, um, what you, that what you hate the most in somebody else is often what you hate the most in yourself. And sometimes I'll, I'll discard that because, like, you know, I don't, I don't like, hate Hitler because <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do as good as him, you know? It's like there's some – I think there is – there is some room to just say, okay, that's evil and shitty, and that's why I despise that. Yeah. But a lot of times, the things that we... Like, I remember there was this girl in school who I used to despise her perfectionism, and I used to despise her how great... I used to just despise how how great she was at stuff and how fake she was and how she always put on a show and seemed to be happy, even though I knew she wasn't because I knew her. But that was me, too. Yeah. That was completely me. That's I was mad at seeing something that I did myself. Yeah. I mean, during school, I think, I, oh, no, nah, I just hated most everyone. Well, they're probably dicks. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't just if some kids. Most most people were. I had I had a couple of like very close friends that uh, that I'm still in touch with today, Uh, and just and just saw last time I went back to Texas, and it was fucking awesome. The guys that uh, whenever we were shooting bottles with Mm -hmm. a BB gun in the backyard, and we shot one of the guys. You shoot him in the ass or the hand? Hand. Hand. Try to shoot him in the ass. Got him in the hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those two guys. God, what if it had gone up his butthole? That would have been a problem. <laughs> I don't think a BB gun is uh, enough to penetrate the star fruit. God, I hope not. I don't think so. Well, I mean, star. if you if you pop pop, no, nah, I'm thinking way too hard about this. <sighs> I'm getting mine waxed soon. <laughs> You're getting your butthole waxed. Well, I'm getting for a story for the website ExoJane. I'm going to turn into a Kardashian. Which obviously is what you think of when you look at me. And one of the ways in which I'm going to turn into Kardashian, in addition to getting spray tanned and wearing a booty booster in my jeans and um, just dressing like a a straight up hoochie and getting my hair blown out, um, 
is that I am going to get a Brazilian wax. Oh! I'm very scared. You should be. And I, I thought Brazilian meant that they take it all off, but actually, you can get a Brazilian where they don't take it all off. Brazilian, when people say, oh, she got a Brazilian wax, it means that they, I, I realize it means that they do the, the front and the butt. Ah, that's Whereas just if you weird. just get a basic bikini wax, they're not going to touch your butthole. Ah. So, um, but you can get a Brazilian that is, you know, there's one, this place offers one. I'm sorry, I know I just rammed, veered off topic, but. No, it's fine. I, I feel like you need to know this. I'll talk about your butthole for a while. Why Sweet. not? Sweet. <laughs> there is one, there is one called the, um, the Boyzillion, which mm. is sack and crack. <laughs> And it says that on the website. It says it says Boyzillion sack and crack. You know, sixty dollars, wow. and yeah, oh, oh yeah. So I'm a little, I'm very nervous about it. I just wrote a piece. I don't know when it's going to go up, but it's about being nervous about my Brazilian because I have, like, I am Italian. Like I have a bush. Yeah, it's real, and it's not fucking around. It's there. It's fine with being there. It does not know why it should be uprooted. It is heavily anchored. It's not like these aren't like some little like wispy hairs that, you know, you just brush something and they disappear. Oh, no, it is deeply rooted, anchored, grounded, all the things I wish I were mentally. So my pubic hair is physically. It is very set, peaceful. It has a strong base of operations. And it is it is not going to be easily removed. Now my girlfriend's got Arabic blood. I know what that's all about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's I think that's probably why I have the. Anybody who's Mediterranean has got like some bush hair. Mm-hmm. Has got to sit whether you're you're you know you're an Arab, you're Greek, you're Italian, like whatever it is. Um, you have got some situation happening. Oh yeah. And I'm very frightened about it. And I. Have consulted with people who have seen it, and they all are like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not, that's going to be horrifying. So, um, I've actually been uh, been thinking about it, and maybe this could be our other human activity, could be waxing just mm. for today. Uh, our other human activity, because we talk about sex and other human activities, of course. Um, uh, our other human activity, perhaps waxing, uh, what I want to know is, and, and I invite the listeners to write to cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Again, that's cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Or go to facebook.com slash sex and other human activities and like us and be our friend there and put suggestions down what I should do in advance to dull the pain. I've come up with a few ideas. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Going home this weekend to visit my dad. Uh-huh. He has Percocets. Oh, okay. Probably wouldn't notice if I took one. Probably not. So I could steal an older man's prescription medication. <laughs> That's one thing. See, I just ask my dad. Hmm, I don't know if my dad would be cool with it. If I, he, because he'd want to know why, understandably, uh, and then it's like, I don't tell know. him you're going into surgery. I'm going. He'd be like, so why is your doctor not prescribing them? And I'll be like, tell him know. he's a dick. Be like, my doctor is a loser, and he won't give me perks <laughs> for this this you know vagina surgery I'm getting. Okay, another idea is just to take a couple clonopin to chill me out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, clonopin for me works really well in that when I take it when I'm feeling chill, 
um, it does nothing. Mm. When I ta- if I take it when I'm having a panic attack, it gradually brings me back to planet Earth. Okay. But it doesn't it doesn't fuck me up. It doesn't give you that cool Xanax feeling where you're just like, woo, I'm floating. Yeah. And that's good because Clonopin generally I've heard is less addictive than Xanax for that very reason. It's, yeah. It just doesn't give you that like woo feeling. So it's fine if I'm perfectly chill. It's still gonna hurt like hell. Yeah. It's not like, you know, butt sex where if you relax a little bit, it hurts less. <laughs> it's just like, it's just going to hurt. Yeah. So the other idea I have is to go to a bar. Now, my waxing appointment is at noon. Mm-hmm. Go to a bar or maybe just go to a friend's house or just be at my house and do a couple of shots. You know, I think that's probably the most reasonable thing. Yeah. I'm thinking vodka, so it's not all stinky. Yep. I'm not like, I don't go in there smelling like tequila. Alcoholic's choice. Yeah. I'm thinking vodka. <laughs> I think I have to. And I have some friends. Actually, the girls at the office have some kind of vodka that's called, I think it's called peanut butter jelly vodka. Mm. It's supposed to taste like PB&J. So I was thinking maybe I go to the, into the office at ExoJane, ask them if I can get into their stash. And speaking of people, off topic, but speaking of people who have got alcohol, I was in Andy Cohen's office from Bravo. He was not the person I was pitching. Mm. But we were, uh, my friends and I were having a pitch meeting with an executive um, at Bravo, and we got to go into Andy's office because it's very big, as one would guess. Mm-hmm. And he has a magnificent bar. I mean, just every kind of alcohol you could imagine. It's just a fabulous place, and we were very impressed. Old school. We were, we were like, oh, the corner office, and ah, oh, over it, and it's over at Thirty Rock, and it was just very neat. But anyway, that's one of my favorite. Uh, by the way, my one of my favorite kids in the hall sketches: girl drink drunk. Mm, Have you ever seen that no, one? No, what happened? It's where Dave Foley becomes an absolute alcoholic, like he had, with these gigantic, huge drinks that have like that take twenty minutes to make. It's like, could I get like a spritzer melon mai tai on the rocks? And it takes like thirty minutes to make. Anyway, so he becomes an alcoholic, but only with like girly drinks. Only with girly drinks. And the last scene is him uh, with like a, a slushy pouring vodka into it, like sitting next to a table. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should get a full-on, instead of doing shots, I should just roll up in there and be like 11 a.m. Are there bars in New York that'll serve before uh, you'd have to go to a uh, You'd have to go to a restaurant because most bars don't open until 2 or 3. Hmm. Yeah. So if you went to a restaurant, you know, they'd give you a funny look if you ordered like a big girl drink at like 11.30. But they'd be fine with it. I got to research where this place is. This place is called the Strip Ministry of Waxing. (laughs) The Strip Ministry of Waxing was started in Singapore. It's an international chain. Apparently their whole thing is that they they are hygienic, uh, uh, hygienic, quick... And something else. I don't know what it is. But they can do a full... They will wax your... Like, take all the... If you get the full the full nine yards of the vagina and stuff, mm. where they, like, actually have to get up in there and go up in your labia and stuff, shit like that. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Um, like, in the inner... Because if you look at the vag, um, for a lot of girls, myself included, if you look at, like, the... I'm imagining. Right. You look at, like, the lips, the the, the labia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the hair, like, sort of goes a little bit on the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that ex- makes sense. It does. Like, it doesn't just stop. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I'm saying? I know like what you it, mean. It grows a little bit on the inside. Into the folds. Into the folds. Just a little bit. Not the whole thing, like a forest, but just a yeah. tiny bit. So... 
My friend Alex told me that when she gets her Brazilian, her full Brazilian, which she always does, the full completely bare, that they get up in there and the lady like literally pushes down on your parts so that she doesn't rip off things and just oh. I don't know it's terrifying Whoa. I'm very scared so I, I think what I'm going to say I'm supposed to get the full thing done but I think I'm going to punt and I think I'm just going to go listen lady because they offer different levels of things mm-hmm. you can get the basic bikini wax which does not go into your butt um, that's just the you know sort of trimming the sides and mm-hmm. you know and i'm just gonna go listen lady you can go in the butt because i have had the butt done once before and it didn't hurt yeah which is great so i mean it wasn't great but it didn't it wasn't deeply painful so i'm gonna go listen lady do the butt totally fine with that um basic bikini wax this shit trim it down trim it down to show the, the property lines but that's it I can't handle anymore. I think that's probably a good idea. If for some reason I'm there, I'm drunk, hopefully, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This feels awesome. <laughs> I can always have her take off more. You know what? I think you should play it by ear on this one. And you know what they do? They give you a squeezy animal toy so that you can <laughs> squeeze it during to, during the pain. <laughs> and they put on numbing cream after. And I'm like, bitch, I want the numbing cream before. Why do I want the numbing cream after? Uh, because I'm sure it's a nice, long, lingering pain. Yeah, and sometimes you bruise, and sometimes mm. you bleed and stuff. Ugh. And I was talking to my friend Dana, who's a boy, and Dana said, in my experience with shaved pudenda, <laughs> um, it's great for, like, a day, and then it starts to grow in and get bristly, and there's ingrowns, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Dana, don't tell me that. Well, it depends on uh, the lady, I think. Yeah, or, Actually, I it, depends. it depends on the lady I know. Mm. If I guess because I guess if you're like a blonde, your hair is going to be lighter, mm-hmm. um, literally and figuratively. It's probably the strands are probably going to be thinner, and um, it's going to weigh less, and it's going to probably be less anchored. Whereas I've got some sh- hair that's like, bitch, these are my roots. <laughs> Do not fuck with my roots. I live here. I'm happy down here. You're going to have to forcibly eject me from my homeland. I do not want to leave. I have Palestinian bush hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I am not going. This is my home. And you're going to have to go in there with your Israeli bulldozer mm. and knock my house over. <laughs> and guess who's not happy about it? Me. Yes. I'm not happy the about it. The Holy Land is not happy. No. I, the Holy Land of my vajayjay is not happy about it. And it's like, to me... The weeping me, wall is bleeding. Exactly. And to me, the West Bank is like my butt. Because yeah. I know it doesn't hurt that bad. I know it's not going to be fun, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be all that it's not going to be as horrible as say if you're actually getting up in my labia which is the gaza strip yeah (laughs) that like the the crack down the middle Uh that's the gaza strip particularly contentious correct yeah (laughs) particularly contentious (laughs) (laughs) now that i've spoken enough about my vagina let's get into some of these uh oh somebody just emailed texted me hey sarah want to have a cameo in a boat puppet movie (laughs) <laughs> These are the kinds of emails that I get or the kinds of texts that I just get on a daily basis. Like, why not? All right, let's see here. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Oh, oh, and this weekend I'm going on a date with a guy and my dad. Aww. We're going to see the Avengers movie. <laughs> 
Well, I'm like, what, what's sexier than being like, hey, dude, want to go see the Avengers movie with me and my dad? I don't know. Scarlett Johansson is the Black Widow. Looks pretty fucking hot. Yeah, she does look pretty hot. It's just going to be like my dad and this dude with boners. And I'm going to be like, uh, <laughs> <sighs> why? Why, why, why? Let's see. All right, here we go. This from Adam. Sarah, I love listening to you and Marcus on sex and other human activities. You always put on a great podcast. Well, duh. Thank you. Thank you. I just recently got laid off my job where I'd worked for almost 10 years. Can you imagine? Oh, God. Emotionally, that that is... Ugh. That's tough. I'm still sorting through the exit paperwork and getting signed up for unemployment. I also signed up for some freelance work that a friend recommended, which I'm sure will screw up my unemployment. Yeah, it will uh, drop out of that freelance work unless that freelance work pays you and unless that freelance work pays you under the table mm-hmm. because i made this mistake and i ended up having to pay back the state of new york for my unemployment yep because at least in the state of new york and I, you have to check check on the definitions in your particular state adam but in the state of new york w- employment includes anything from say uh making a phone call about a making a phone call to an editor like let's say you're a writer making a phone call to an editor to discuss a project that you're going to get paid for in six months that counts as work making that phone call and being like okay cool so the due date is when oh six months from now cool and that's when i'm going to get paid but i'm not going to see money until then okay so uh great that counts as work sending emails about it counts as work anything like that counts as work it's pretty fucked up and so be really careful about that um if they're going to pay you under the table just cash then whatever don't worry about it you don't have to report that but if it's something you can have to report like just fucking don't do it (laughs) that's my unofficial financial advice anyway any words of advice on getting through the unemployment experience make a schedule for yourself get up at the same time every day this is do as i say not as i do but (laughs) get up at the same time every day um, make a routine for yourself. It's really easy to just feel like a piece of shit when you don't have a steady job. Um, it's easy to feel that way even if you're just freelancing and don't have a steady schedule. Like today, I you know was in bed until one and like took phone calls and did business meetings on the phone. And I so technically I did work, but I still felt gross about it. So don't do that. Get up. Get dressed. Make sure you get out into the world, um, whether it's working from a coffee shop or just going out Mm -hmm. and saying hello to people at the deli or at the post office. Hell, even on my days off, I still try to get up by 11.50 and 11.30. That's the best thing to do, as long as there's still an a.m. Yeah. Yeah, as long as it's not after, yeah, if it's afternoon, then I feel like a real big piece. Even if I've been out since, like, you know, know, at, like, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I still need to get up by 11 15 11 30. and everybody's different like for me i'm gonna feel like a douche if i get up probably after 10 which i do regularly i have a friend who feels like a douche if he gets up after 1 30 it has to be <laughs> it has to be before 1 30 yeah um you know some people just don't give a fuck one way or the other but figure out what your douche hour is and get up before the douche hour <laughs> and oh uh a few friends have been telling me to take the time to write a book Great idea. I've had the idea for a horror novel floating around in my head for a while. But how do you take on a whole book? It seems very intimidating to even start it. Well, my experience is different, going to be different from yours, because I... When I wrote my, my first book, and I'm working on my second now, but when I wrote my first book, what I did was I sold it based on a proposal. Um, because when you write a nonfiction book, like a memoir, 
you um, you do a sample chapters, but you write what's called a proposal, which includes a lot of things. It includes like a, a piece about the kind of publicity you could do for the book. It includes a piece where you've got people who know your writing to endorse your book. It includes a piece where you talk about your background and what makes you qualified to write this particular nonfiction book. With a fiction book, usually you have to write the whole thing before selling it. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough with my um, second book, which is also my first novel, to be able to sell it on a partial. So I sold it on like two sample chapters or three sample chapters. And I was able to do that because I was working with the same company that I published my first book with. Most of the time, you're going to have to write the entire book first. However, you don't necessarily have to write the entire book before getting an agent. And I think that what you should do is um, think about your book map it out, make an outline of what you think you would like to happen. It can be very basic, doesn't have to be super detailed. And then write the first, say, two or three chapters and um, send those to an agent with a query letter. And you can, there's a a book, I think it's called, it might be called Publisher's Marketplace, Writer's Marketplace, Literary Marketplace, something like that. There's a book that you can buy that has the names and addresses of every agent you can imagine in the United States. And you look in there, you look for people who accept fiction and who more than that accept genre fiction. Because if you're writing horror, you're writing a genre, genre fiction. Genre fiction is like not necessarily the conventional, uh, you know, great literature that is going to win several prizes of Pulitzerdom. But genre stuff, just like, you know, horror fans are very loyal in film and will watch, horror fans will watch films that the mainstream audience won't see. Same thing in publishing. So look for an agent who deals with uh, with horror. And one great thing to do would be to look at your favorite horror writers of the past 10 years and or look at the best-selling ones and look at who their agents are. Look at who they say thank you to in the acknowledgments. Like, thank you to my agents, Stephen Irwin and Vanessa Poo Poo Pants at, <laughs> at, you know, William Morris or, or, or wherever. Um, sometimes it's going to be big fancy names that you'll recognize, like big agencies you recognize. Sometimes it's going to be small agencies that you've never heard of before. Um, Either way, they if they've sold this big fancy for person's book, they can probably sell yours. Um, I wouldn't look at I wouldn't be like Stephen King. I need Stephen King's agent because Stephen King's agent gets a ton of submissions from people. So you can send it out to Stephen King's agent, but do deeper research and look at who like who are start the, small. Yeah, who are the people who maybe they've had one best selling horror novel, maybe they've had two. They write a series you really like, but they're not Stephen fucking King. Well, we've also we've talked about uh, an author that you know on the show before, which she didn't go through a publisher at all, and it was mm-hmm. genre fiction. And I don't know. I think that might be the best way to go these days, especially for people like this guy, because in order to get like agents and publishers, like it seems to me sometimes that you know those people are coming from the outside and they've got like something already going for them. And if this guy's been working the same job for ten years, it doesn't sound like this guy's been in the entertainment industry right, at all. Right. You know, right. and it sounds like he doesn't. He probably doesn't know the first thing about any of this stuff. I mean, I'd say don't put the cart before the horse and think about agents and all that stuff. Just write the fucking book. I'd say work on the outline, uh, get those first three chapters written, then look at the outline again, decide if you want to keep going on that same path, uh, and then once you finish with it, put it out yourself. 
Yeah, put it out online. Sell it yourself, you know. And if you've got friends that have been telling you to write a book, see if your friends dig it, and then their friends can tell some of their friends, and you know, and then it goes from there. I'm going to propose a combination approach. All right, a compromise that was just born in my head because <laughs> your idea fucked my idea, and they had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby is this. Um, do what Mark said. Work on before you look at any agents. Work on um, work on your writing. Get something that's good with your your outline and say two or three sample chapters. At that point, I would say um, do your do your agent research. Send it out to a certain number of agents, and you're the only one who can decide what this number is. But my friend Amanda Hawking sent her book out to I think dozens her books out to dozens of agents. That was rejection, the girl who rejection, did the, rejection. the she's the self publishing girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, she's right. a self publishing guru who's made two million dollars off self published books, and then a publishing company finally picked her stuff up and gave her another two million. So. But pick a certain number of agents that you're willing to submit your thing to. Let's say I'd do 20. Pick, tw- you know, 20. You put together your query letter. You put together your sample and your outline. Excuse me. You send it out blind to all of these agents. And it will if you it'll get looked at by their intern or their assistant first. And that person is really the gatekeeper who will look at it and decide if it's something that the boss would be interested in. That presuming that they, they think it's good, they pass it on to the boss. The boss looks at it. Now, the boss may choose to contact you or may not choose to contact you. But if you get if you send out to 20 people and you get 20 no's, you are not allowed to take that for an answer. Um, then look at just publishing it yourself online. I think that's cool. I, I think, think that's a good, a good compromise between the two ideas. Because you can... there And, and look up... Um, Adam, look up this author. Her name is Amanda Hawking, H-O-C-K-I-N-G. Amanda does, okay, ready? This is, this is a, a genre. Um, it's a sub, sub-genre, but it's paranormal, young adult, urban fantasy. <laughs> horror. Paranormal, young, young adult, adult, urban fantasy, fantasy horror. horror. Okay, that's what Amanda does, and she's very successful at it. Google her name and read her read about her and read about about her her experience and, and what she did. I would say try the conventional route. If people don't bite the conventional way, that doesn't mean you give up. That means you self-publish. And you you will do some self-marketing, too. See how that goes. And if that goes great, you might just want to keep churning stuff out. Um, if it doesn't go great... Or if it goes, if it goes, or if it goes great, um, you might be like, "All right." Uh, then you can go to an agent and go, "Listen, I sold eleven thousand copies of my first, you know, book uh, on to Kindle and Nook, or I I published it through Amazon and sold, you know, eleven thousand copies in Kindle, which would be fucking huge. Like, I yeah. don't think my book has sold eleven thousand <laughs> copies. That would be amazing. Um, and uh, then you have some hard sales data to show them, and that might get them interested. So, yeah, good luck, man. I mean, it's very exciting. I know it sucks to be laid off, but... Oh, also, as far as the laid off thing goes, um, I, I think you should take some time take some time chilling, writing. Give yourself a set amount of time, whether it's a month or two. Um, but then I would start, you know, trolling Craigslist, trolling job boards, and, and applying. Oh, speaking of your book, oh, yes. uh, my friend Nadia told me to tell you that she loved it. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and she listens to the show as well. Hello, Nadia. Hi, Nadia. Yeah, I've known her for years and years. Oh, that's wonderful, awesome. Wonderful woman. My friend um, Kep, 
who is also your friend, Kat. Yes. He got an email from Amazon recommending my book to him really? the other day. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I thought was great. I was like, oh, thank you. Now, this one, um, I don't know if we've read. Did we read this one from the guy... Travis, who became a podcaster. Yes. We did. I thought we yes. did, because I remember that. Okay. Um, did we read this one? Okay, this one's crazy. Did we? I don't think we read this one. Um, from the guy who wrote in, like, Scottish. <laughs> no, we did not read that one. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this guy wrote from Canada, but he's Scottish, and he wrote in, like... <laughs> Sort of like as if he were trying to write gangsta, like G A N G S T A instead of gangster, except, or she, maybe it's she, she wrote in like Scottish. I can't explain it. Okay, she wrote, Your pods are magic. I'm a 61-year-old Scot living in Canada and don't hear you tackling any Scottish accents on Saoha. They just no get any feedback fae they cunts or wit. I just finished listening to Linny's World of Glasgow pod and I thought used would enjoy it. I don't know if use hiv. <laughs> so... Um, we, I don't think we've really tried to do Scottish accents, but we could, we could start today. Now, what, what is this email called? Uh, this was called Accents Podcast Glasgow, Scotland. Ah, Accents Podcast Glasgow, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> the, you know, the, it definitely made me giggle quite a bit. The only thing I, like, when I do a Scottish accent of some kind, it sounds, I have to, like, scream. <laughs> I can't do it quietly. I have to be like, Marcus, you look beautiful. Oh, Sarah. Oh, I love you. Oh, my Lord. I can't just be like, I can't I can't possibly do it. Anything with screaming. I'm trying to. Like, I, I can't do it. Hello, Lassie. Give comedy radio. Give comedy. That's uh, amazing. Uh, I love it. Sex and other human activities. <laughs> that is the only. Yeah, I can't. But now try and like say it quietly. Seeks another human activities. <laughs> it, just sounds like, it just sounds like I'm talking backwards, like the no. well, like the midget and uh, fucking Twin Peaks. Yeah. Six another Sometimes my arms spin, book. I'm enjoying. Wait, I'm gonna try it. Like. <laughs> Coffee, it's really good. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it a lot. I've been drinking this uh, tea <laughs> that my girlfriend, Kate, next door, who's from Northampton. <laughs> no, 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 wait. She's from Yorkshire in the north of England. <laughs> oh, God. Near accents. Scotland, in fact. Near Scotland. Sometimes she's got a bit of a Scottish accent. Whenever oh, she God. talks about oom and the cows <laughs> going moom. <laughs> Our accents are atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> they are... But goddamn, they're fun. Goddamn, they're fun. They're horrifying. <laughs> they're horrifyingly fun. Horrifying! Okay, that's... I swear to God, that's the last one. Oh, man. Do we have other letters to get to? Because mm. I think we're... I think that's all we got this week. Well, do you have any questions, Marcus, about sex? 
Nah, no, I'm doing pretty good. I had sex for like 45 minutes straight last night. It was good for amazing. You. That's Whew. awesome. Man, I'm getting in sex shape. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ben says, that uh, this is the first uh, sane woman that I've ever dated that can actually keep up with my sex drive. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, every other girl before that that's kept up with me has been crazy. Right, and but Nikita's like, so, she's so sane that she she fucked with me today. I went to, uh, I went over to Sweetleaf. Oh, by the way, we're at the Creek in the Cave here in yeah. Long Island City, creeklic.com. 1093 Jackson Avenue. We had some awesome uh, fans show up, uh, some awesome Cave Comedy Radio fans show up on Wednesday night. So really? Yeah, come on hell, come on out, see a show, folks. It's a it's a good time, definitely. And you can go to cavecomedyradio.com for all your cave comedy radio needs. Mm-hmm. Um so God no I just lost Nikita. My Nikita, right. I yeah. go to Sweet Leaf, the place next door to Cave Comedy Radio's homeland, the Creek in the Cave. And She's like, hello, love. And I'm like, hello. How are you? I'm good. We're chatting. And she's like, I'll even sell you rocket fuel. And I go, <laughs> I go, really? And she goes, no, of course not. <laughs> and I was so sad. I was just like, she said, your eyes just lit up like a crackhead. <laughs> and they did because rocket fuel is, of course, I mean, if you come here, you need to go next door to Sweet Leaf and buy their rocket fuel. It's chicory and like coffee and maple syrup and crack cocaine, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. It's the strongest coffee I've ever had. And when I have it, I go crazy. So um, so Marcus's girlfriend, Nikita, my friend Nikita, said that I couldn't have it anymore. And she was right. Mm-hmm. And I still sometimes will sneak it when she's not there. Yeah. When she's not at work, I will sneak it. But this time, she totally faked me out. because she, was, <laughs> I was like, wait, really? You would? And she was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I went over there earlier, and I was going to get a cup of coffee. And I've just been, like, really agitated all day. It's been one of those days. It's been one of those, like, little things days where just, like, a bunch of little things happen to just... I feel much better now, actually, after recording this show. Yeah, 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 I'm, 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 yeah I'm kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just been feeling generally agitated all day. And I, I went next door, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I think... Uh, give me some... I was telling a girl about my problems. I was like, yeah, hey, how's about a coffee? And she was like, nah. <laughs> she's like, no, you're agitated. It's, if you have coffee, it's going to make it worse. I'm like, she's like, you want some tea? I'm like, yes, like, baby. Like, yes, baby, of course. I'll take some immune boost. Some tea. Oh, but she, I got some porridge, which she, um, I believe she is the one who calls it porridge. I know. I, and I make fun of her whenever and I, got I was like, I God damn it, porridge. woman, you're in, uh, you're in America now. It's oatmeal. There's a sign that says porridge, a.k.a. oatmeal, for sale. And I was like, porridge, please. And I ate it, and it was so good. It's good. It's, it's very good, good. Well, listen, if you guys want to get in touch with us, we are at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Uh... Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you. You know what? Maybe I don't know if we can do a Skype episode next week, or if, or if maybe maybe uh, maybe Sunday we could record like a quickie episode or something. Sure. Because I am going to be in Los Angeles, California next week. Oh, boo, boo, hiss! Trying to make business happen. Arr. I rented a smart car. Ooh. I'm so excited. Be careful. With I'm those so things. fucking excited. Yeah, people are like, "Oh, so you're going to die in Los <laughs> Angeles?" And I'm like, "No, I'm going to be adorable and cute, and I'm going to parallel park wherever I want to." Just be. Sure 
sure to take the 405 to the 101, but then you can take the Santa Monica Freeway down, and you can once you get to Venice, you can hop on over to WeHo and then take the 405 back down. I hate LA driving. Isn't it talk. the worst? I hate it. <laughs> I hate when they start talking about where to go. I'm like, I don't. Can't I just hop on a train and get yeah. there? And they're like, Well, sometimes, but we don't use the train. Yeah. I'm like, Unless you get a DWI. I'm already nervous about. I, I'm nervous. The reason I'm renting a smart car is that I'm nervous about parking. That's my like number one LA-related fear is parking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what if there's no parking? Or what if it's a parallel parking? I don't know how. But I figure with the smart car... Much smaller. It's so much smaller that it's like, dude, yes, you can parallel park this fucker. And I've been watching videos online about parallel parking. <laughs> Watch me go to LA and never have to parallel park on this you trip. You won't. You won't. Not once. And I'm just going to be like, oh, okay. So I rented this tiny freak car for <laughs> nothing. People are going to stare at me and I'm going to be like, hello. God, you know, I do not have one good memory of L.A. from my adulthood. Mm. My childhood, yes. Whenever I was there at like 15, it was fucking, it was the most awesome place on earth. But that was before I came to New York City. New York? Well, you're more New York. You just are. And, and I, you know, I am too. Um, I think there are people who spiritually, I think everybody spiritually is more New York or Los Angeles one way or the other. Whether or not they choose to ever go there is mm-hmm. another thing. Yeah. But like there are people who one way or the other are going to gravitate towards one. Yeah, I think there are some people who are like an extreme to one side or another. I'm extreme New York. You're very New York. I'm a- You're like Woody Allen. <laughs> I'm like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. If that were Woody Allen's accent, that would be Oh, awesome. that would be great. Sex is the most fun you can have without smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's, I think that's going to be a new game that I play is uh, Woody Allen quotes, but in... In like that- a weird Macho Man Randy Savage kind of accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a, another Woody Allen quote? Uh... Uh, oh, mm, uh, hey, Korean almost stepdaughter. I like little girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have a good week, monkeys. Goodbye. <laughs>